Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ah, uh, yes, there is the music, and we are back underway. 44. They said it couldn't be done, but we done it. Who said it couldn't be done? Episode 44, Cool Button Hockey Pod. When I say 44, does anything come to mind to you, Craig? 44, that's not really a hockey number. Um, didn't a Bradley wear 44 in Tampa one year? Anyway, how are you today? Good. Did they just retire number 44 in uh, St. Louis? Oh, that's a big miss by me. That's right. Whoa. He was traded. Somebody in Hartford said he ain't going to make it after being the second overall pick. He showed them he was going to make it all the way to the Hall of Fame. Just like, we're going to show everybody what we're all about. <laughs> so who didn't like Chris Pronger? I don't know. Well, who traded him? They traded him for Brendan Shanahan. They turned Chris Pronger into Brendan Shannon, turned him into Keith Primo. Well, okay. Let me just see. You turned a Hall of Fame defenseman that could control the game into a power forward into a, a good second line center. Yeah. Well, Keith didn't like being the third line center in Detroit. He was behind, you know, Eisenman and Fedorov. They were good. <laughs> they could have been great. He didn't like that. So he wanted to move on. I get it. I get it. When you first saw Chris Pronger, did you think, boy, this guy's tall, but he's a rail? Like he was a rail as a teenager, right? Yeah, he was, but so what? He controlled the game. You know, I remember talking to Chris once. I know Chris for a long time. I knew when he was younger. Uh, my my wife's aunt worked for his father, Jim, up in Dryden, Ontario. So oh. I've known the Prongers quite a long time. Anyway, uh, Chris, you're right. He was tall. He was lanky, you know, like he was filling out, finding all his coordination. But I remember him telling me, he said, one of the things he had to learn, he said, was knocking down pucks. Remember how great he was at knocking down pucks as they were dumped in, right? Yeah. And he said, he goes, well, I had a real choice here. He goes, either I could learn how to do that or I have to turn and get my face bashed into the glass. He goes, and I wasn't big enough or strong enough. Hey, yeah, he was, he, uh, he, was, he was smart, that guy, and he still is smart. But 44, you know what else comes to mind when I think of 44? Who? Stefan Riche. Stefan Riche could shoot the puck like nobody. He could score from outside the blue line. How many guys... Do you know in all your time in the NHL, not naming around hockey, not naming Bobby Hall, outside of Bobby Hall, who else could score outside the blue line? Stefan Riche could score from outside the blue line. I think he's still the last Hab to score 50. Yeah, think about that. But- for, like, that's like, we're like 50 is a great number. I heard someone on the radio the other day that you know, Craig, didn't know how many 
50 goal scores have ever existed in the NHL. Not how many times it was done, but actual yeah. people. Like in 104 years, five in the lockout of NHL hockey, 50 special. Like oh. 50, you know, I, I had Luke Robitaille on the radio show, Phil Esposito on the radio show, everybody. 50 is something. And we could argue like 100 points is great. There's certain stats. But in our sport, like 50, like Phyllis Mazzino talked about 50, like it was a badge of honor. Luke Robitaille, Mike Bossy. In our lifetime, we got to see 50 and 50, which is, we've seen them all. Like we're lucky. Well, other than the first one. So we, we, we saw, we've seen a lot of them, but 50 is something in our sport. Like I remember so many times when someone scored 50, I remember their magic moment and they wear that like a badge of honor, Craig. And it is a badge of honor. There's no question about it. It's the 20 game winner in major league baseball, right? Like, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. It, 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 the triple double. I mean, maybe the triple double is way more common now, but you know, when you think about Jordan putting up 65 and 70 points, you're going, Whoa. Right. But like 20 wins, 50 goals that like, those are standalone marks in a single season. So how many fifties, are we going to get this year? Like, I got to be honest. And I like to think I'm mostly honest. Craig's putting up for those watching on our socials too. So Chris Kreider's not getting it. Like, I like Chris Kreider, but I don't like him that much. I almost don't want him to get 50. Nothing personal, but I, it's to me, it's not a 50-goal score. So once you get it, you got it. But I listen, Craig, he's got 18 on the power play, 35 this year. I know what you're saying. The fifties are, are Matthews and dry They're going to yep. get the 50 and nobody else is. So I don't have to worry about getting Chris Kreider mad at me for not wanting him to get 50. What? Like Jonathan Chichu scored 50. Like where did, did, did you wish that Jonathan didn't get 50 the year he got 50? Don't bet against the guy getting 50. We just talked about how special 50 is. If Chris Kreider scores 50, just think about him going into that, into that group of players that scored 50 like like it's still hard to do and if he did it it would be great i hope chris Kreider does it i hope i'm wrong i hope that it's more than two and i now there it is i'll tell you what here's here's our little here's our little deal yeah. if chris Kreider scores 50 you're taking me for dinner and if he doesn't score 50 i'm taking you for dinner uh, i'm in i mean i know the ranger fans. i'll take diane too Okay. To Bring Kara. She's been away a long, long time. <laughs> you know? So I listen, could McDavid up his goal totals by just shooting more and being less unselfish? There's moments I'm thinking like, I get it when he went to dry settle the other day in Philadelphia, like that was the play. He fake shot. We're in a fake shot pass league. But sometimes I'm saying to myself, Connor, and I've watched him since 14, as you did with the Marlies, and then playing in that great, you know, 15-year-old game in Mississauga. I thought to myself, I think sometimes this guy should just shoot the puck a little, Craig, a little bit more. Or am I dreaming in Technicolor? No, I don't think you're dreaming in Technicolor. So so you're looking at something that uh, uh, you, you think he could score more if he shot more but you almost have to shift it and convince him that shooting more will, will help him be even that much more dangerous. You know, Connor is such a terrific player and, and because he, he, he makes so many plays in and around the net skating and he draws so many opponents to him. 
along with that 360 degree awareness, he can make those plays and he can draw so many people to him. Right. So, so it's, it's almost like you have to take a step back. Hey, Connor, like you'll be, your, our team is going to be that much better if you shoot a little bit more. And so will you. So it's almost like you got to convince them why shooting more is going to be better. Not telling them that shooting more can get them more goals, but why shooting more will, will help the team. Because I think ultimately that's where Connor's at. And I, I think you run in, think about like Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton, had, like Joe Thornton has a, had a shot that was very underrated, but he was a playmaker. And people say, oh, Joe, you need to show Jason Spets to shoot more. They have good shots. But the, their game wasn't predicated on just the shot. It was drawing people to them and everything. So, and, and with Joe Thornton, I think Joe would have liked to have scored 50, but there, there was, you couldn't convince him that that was, uh, that it was worth him trying to score 50 at, 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 in his mind, the expense of the other great parts of his game. Which makes this topic so sexy because you know what? I would say, you're right, Connor will score more and shoot more if it's better for the Oilers. Uh-huh. And my argument is, I think it is. And on the other side, I honestly believe Austin Matthews should shoot a little less and pass a little more because that would be better for the Leafs. So we've got these two elite players that we first saw together wearing those beautiful North American, you know, World Cup of <laughs> Hockey sweaters uh, that I still see people wearing. And it was they were unbelievable. And yes, Connor is a playmaker and Austin's a finisher, but Austin's still a centerman and we've still lived our lifetime with centermen still getting more assists than goals. A, there's two assists on most goals. So in mathematics, you should be able to get it. I see moments where I say, right there. And I've talked to people about it and they say, what are you doing? He's the best goal scorer of our area. I said, yeah, but when he still shoots, the odds of him scoring on that play are 8.5. But dishing it off and because, because they know Connor will pass and they know Austin will shoot, They've set themselves up. So what did you tell me? Expect the unexpected. Give me something else. There's a strong argument to be made. Connor shoot a little bit more and Austin honestly shoot a little bit less, Craig. I believe that. Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I I, I think you're trying to find that balance, but keep in mind, it's convincing them. (laughs) It's not telling them. It's making a convincing argument as to why this can be better for you. Hey, listen, they're elite hockey players. They're, they're, they're elite players. But at the same time, and, and, and they've gotten this far by being the best at what they do. So now, now you got to just try to convince them a little bit more. Steve, like, like, like I think about you, and I've had many a meal with you. So you look at the menu and you go, ah, ribeye or filet? Ribeye or filet? And you go, ah, I'm a filet guy. Right. And I, but I, I might be able to convince you that, the, but I got to convince, I don't have to tell you that the ribeye is good. I got to convince you that it's worth getting the ribeye and sinking your teeth into it. Same with Austin and Connor. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great discussion because they're so great. We have so many elite players. And at press time, I looked at the numbers again, Craig, and we saw the scoring Wednesday. We're, we're close to 6.2 per game. <laughs> No, look at are. that smile. I got to tell everybody, look at that smile on your face. I mean, oh boy, you, you, you should be on one of those teeth whitening commercials because right. the, your teeth just are glowing and 6.2 goals a game. Oh my Lord. You, oh, I'm blinded. I need my sunglasses. You're glowing so much. Listen, Chris, we've got room for you. We got room for two more. <laughs> we're, we're, they're filling up here on the program, but we've got room for you, Chris, because so 
in the Wednesday night moment of Colin Blackwell, I'm just singling it out. Colin Blackwell is in front of the net by himself. Yanni Gord, who I'm not saying he's lost in Seattle, but I think he'll be sad when the playoffs roll around because I like him so much. He strips Philip Forsberg, who I like a lot, but Philip and Ryan Johansson on that one goal. And if you haven't seen it, Google it, kids, nhl.com, tsn.ca. Great play by Gord. Didn't like what Forsberg did. Didn't like what Ryan Johansson did. But Craig, this is an old school. This is just hockey. In front of the net, Colin Blackwell is allowed to whack a mole. Have you remember that game, whack a mole? The moles come up and you whack them at, you know, the exhibition or whack a mole. I love that you get your anger out. It's a great whack a mole. Why doesn't 59, Roman Yossi, all he has to, he doesn't have to annihilate like Jimmy Mann. All he has to do is body check Colin Blackwell legally, not cross check him, body check him. The play is over. Saros is safe. But instead, we're doing this, the stick check. Like To me, just because you can make a play doesn't mean you make it. You make the right play at the time. That play might be a McDavid play, a Matthews play. It might be glassing out. With five seconds left, I'm not going at the empty net. I'm just getting it out, and the game is over, and we win. I'm not giving them another faceoff. Roman Yossi, I don't want to tell him how to play hockey. All he has to do is erase Colin Blackwell. I love the goals, but I see moments when Kane's vulnerable. There. Marner, there. Hit them. Body check them. Take them out. Not break their neck. Not hit them from behind. That's the part I'm shocked. And if you were a manager and you talked to the coaches, would you know you look at a video and say, like there's moments of just eliminating. That's the part, as much as I like the goals, I'm surprised that there isn't a little bit more physicality when the doors open. That was a kids for you kids out there. Look at that play for Roman Yossi Craig, and you tell me if I'm wrong. No, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not wrong. Not in my view. I'm going to tell you something else, Steve, and I'm going to tell all the, all the people tuning in. Watch the Calgary Flames. Watch how Daryl Sutter and, and his defense play. Body position. And, like, they don't, they don't say, well, we're going to try to make a play and, and then we'll have our stick to defend against. They start with body position. And then they look how to make plays and jump. That team is so good. And I remember when Daryl first came to Calgary uh, when I was the general manager. And you know what he did? You know what the first thing he did in his first practice? I'm going to guess because you're leading me nicely. So I want to say something smart. He probably talked about body position. Probably said, don't worry about the puck. Worry about the body. So here's what he worked on. And that's exactly what it was. In front of the net. Defending the front of the net. Defending the area in front of the net. He took... He took a bunch of boards and benches and he put them down. And so as the puck came off the boards, so, you know, yeah, yeah the puck was going to come. And now the defensemen have to find, have to have their position. And now they have to have, be a position and then maintain your position, battle for position, hold your position, and then under sticks, under sticks. So they couldn't get to the puck. It's a different kind of battle drill. I'll tell you yeah. what, that's what he, that's the first thing he worked on. Every time I watch a game now, it's funny how you learn, right? Daryl, it's in my head. Under sticks, under sticks, under sticks, under sticks, right? Like, you know, that's what he did. Body pull. Watch the Flames play. Watch. They don't chase the play. They get into good position. Now they're ready to go. They're ready to defend. They're ready to go offensively. That Calgary Flames team is, they got a top-notch coach and they got a top-notch team. Anyway, I, I just picked that up. But I'm with you, buddy. 
No, I'm glad you said that. And I've got an undersized defenseman and the higher ups at hockey Canada and the skills camps. When we've done stuff, they just say, why would you engage in a physical battle? Like it's different. The Yossi play, he couldn't have gone under the stick. He could have hit Blackwell, but why would you engage in a physical battle when you are with a player in front of the net? And when the moment arrives under the stick, when a player's stick is lifted, they can't do anything. And lifting a stick is not like moving a mountain. Stick up, stick up. And the little attention to detail, Craig, there's a Calgary buzz. There's a Calgary buzz that they're going to win the division. You're, the Vegas thing that you've been no, Notre Dame on, like this is a topic here. Like this is, like Jack's not ready yet. I'm sorry, he's not ready yet. Leonard's too worried about your buddy Frank Valley talking about <laughs> him in the pro, post game. The Kings and Nashville, Dallas and all that stuff. Calgary, they're, they've been playing playoff hockey for a long time. There's a Calgary buzz. And when Dean Everson has to basically call out his own team, but we thought we were physical and built and he used Cal. You know what the scores were? Seven, three, five, one. And those were two late goals in Calgary. They were both five, one games. I'm just saying when another coach like Dean Everson who has been around is basically going, wow. Like when you're impressing somebody on the other side like that, like the flames, Craig, they're, they're on it right now. Well, and you talk about on it too. So you talk about Dean, the Minnesota wild are a hard team, right? Like, I mean, I like the Minnesota wild. And so like they got obliterated in, in the first game in Calgary on last Saturday night versus, versus the flames. And then Dean was, Hey, listen, you know, we got to have a response at home. And then they got it handed to them again, <laughs> like handed right to them. And like, you, it, but think about what Daryl said when they lost to Tampa Bay on that, when they went through that, you, you know, what we call the, the Southeast uh, triangle. The, Bermuda home, triangle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, but Daryl said, no, we played a good against, we played good against Tampa Bay. They're just a better team than us. Isn't that what Dean Everson said about the Calgary Flames? The coaches know, and Daryl knows. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was telling because normally they don't say very much. No, and when they do, either they've made a mistake or they're being so honest they've given up. They, that's not low hanging fruit, Craig. That's up in the tree where you have to sit there and say you've you've given us something here. And the Wild are reeling right now. As a manager, is it now Dean Everson's job to get out of it? Do you look at the coach or? Does Billy Guerin say, we actually have squeezed the toothpaste? Like, they've got talent, but not – like, they got one 97s, like, that guy. So, and, you know, I've heard Brian Lawton on our show talk about goaltending, surprised me a little bit. We like their defense. Is it now incumbent on the GM to do something? Or do you not make a move when the stock is at its lowest point it's been in two years? Okay. Well, here's what I would say. Okay. The Minnesota Wild – Look at where they're going to be at next year, salary cap wise, with all that money on because of the buyouts of Parisian Suter. So I don't think this is the year to stand pat. You get a chance to get uh, a, a strengthening of your lineup with players that don't have contracts going forward. I, I've said all along, I, I don't know if he'll wave to go there, but if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm phoning Chuck Fletcher every time. Oh, wait, where does Minnesota play on this point on this Thursday night? Do you know where they're playing? I'm guessing Philly. You oh no guess you're right. <laughs> I know what I would Chuck. We need to have a little bit of breakfast. Uh, what about lunch? We're gonna have coffee. What's your pregame like? Because I'm gonna pester him about Claude Giroux. I think Claude Giroux would be a nice, nice fit for the. That doesn't mean he'll go there. I'm just. I think that that we know that he could go anywhere and be good. But I think if I'm Billy Garen, that's the guy. Because remember, expiring contract. 
And next year, it's a whole different game for the Minnesota Wild. And so, you know, I'll, I'll finish with this as we, as we talk about, you know, we talked about uh, Billy Guerin. We talked about Minnesota. We talked about the Flames. I'm laughing. I'm laughing here. You know, you know what all the buzzes is in around the Calgary Flames now? Oh, they've had a culture change. Oh, okay. I guess when you get a top-notch coach, that's what's called a culture change. <laughs> I guess when you when you get somebody that dials into the details, dials into the disciplines, understands what it takes to be really, really successful, right? I guess that's a culture change, Steve. You know what? Give me a break. Like people throw these words culture change. Give me a break. I'm so sick of it. But I'll tell you who's not going to get a break. You know who's not going to get a break? The Montreal Canadiens. Down by four, tied it up with four. Then they lost by four. They're in Calgary on this Thursday night. But they got Hammond in the net. I'm going to bet that their goals against are going to be a little bit lower. But they're up against it, against the Flames. All right, time now for KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is... Canada's sports book. Well, showing off the pipes, <laughs> Mr. But whoa, the workouts have done well. You did a lot of working out when someone was in China. But anyway, who do you like? Who do you like on the card tonight? Unless it's Tampa Pittsburgh. Hey, I mean, isn't it that's the marquee match, isn't it? Could be a conference final setup. Tampa Bay at home over the Penguins. I'm just I'm picking the winner. But I'll tell you what. Montreal in Calgary, they gave up eight, but Andrew Hammond's in the net. I think he'll keep the score down, take the spread and the Montreal with the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. Well, the, the easy bets tonight, but they won't pay you a lot, are Calgary over Montreal, even with your score down, Colorado over Arizona, Florida over Ottawa. I don't want to go there. I want to go head-to-head with you, Mr. Craig Button. I'm taking the Penguins. The money line's 148. That's a good bet. You want to play the goal and a half, minus, plus, or whatever. I don't want to do that. I want to go head-to-head. I think it's going to be a one-goal game. So if you do take the Penguins in the puck and a half, you're going to win. On the money line, I like the Penguins. They're due, and I want to see what Mike Sullivan does against John Cooper because he's heard. John Cooper's the best coach. John Cooper's the best coach. I want to see what Mike Sullivan does strategically and tactically in the game tonight. This is great. Reminds me of what, Craig? 2015. Remember? Pittsburgh and Tampa. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. But that's our bet. Man, man, head to head, tat, tat, tat. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, Pipes, just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, check out all odds, NHL props and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. All of our friends are doing it. Sign up today because Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. We teased it just a few seconds ago what a manager may or may not do. And you said Claude Giroux in Minnesota. Do we know the mind of a player? Like does Claude say, well, really I have to go. My time in Philly is done and I want to get out of there. They might need a culture change uh, and just changing the coaches. We've seen them do that. That hasn't worked. You make a list. We led to believe Florida's on it. Minnesota that you've alluded to St. Louis and Colorado. Does he say, okay, Colorado's choice one, Minnesota's choice two. What's the discussion like with a manager? And are you willing to guarantee on podcast 44, Chris Pronger and Stefan Riche that Claude will go for his own sake, selfishly, you know, to win and to help another team that 
on TSN's trade bait board when you're doing the show on the 21st, as we are as well, that Claude Giroux, if he's not traded before then, will be traded by then. I'm going to answer the second question first. Yes, 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 yes. So here's how I would handle it. I, here's how I would handle it. And, and, and I'm talking about from, for, from an agency, you know, CAA, Pat Brisson is the, is the agent, and Chuck Fletcher. If I'm Pat Brisson, I'm going to go, hey, Claude, let's go listen to what the options could be. Let's see who's really interested. And then I would instruct Chuck, hey, you know, take the calls, let us know, include us in the conversation. You know, you know, we have a list of teams that like, you know, ideally Claude would like to go to, but we realize that they may not all be realistic uh, with respect to what you may be able to get from one team as opposed to another. And, and you lay out the parameters before you even start down that path. What you don't want to have happen, Steve, is go, hey, uh, Pat, this team phoned, uh, would you consider doing this? You want it to be orderly. You want it to be laid out. And then you want to say, hey, listen, you know what, Claude, I, you know, I know that team A is your, is your top, but they're not really interested. They're kicking tires. And you know what they're really trying to do? They're trying to keep you off the market as long as they possibly can. So, you know, that goes on too. Like I'm interested, give me a call in a week, right? Like, so, so now you want to, like, if now you're working in conjunction, player, agent, manager, give me the information. And now Chuck can come back and say, hey, listen, I got these four really realistic, really realistic offers here. I got these other two that aren't so good, but one of them has one of your teams on there. Be straight up with me. I think that, you know, because he's got a no move clause, right? Like Claude has big control over here. And the bottom line is he, he's earned that and he deserves that. Remember what Joel McGinley did when he got traded? Get a trade list. Calgary thought they had a pretty good trade worked out with Boston. Jerome yeah. said, uh, I, I want to go play with Sid the Kid. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and so they had to they have to try to make the best deal they could with Sid the Kid. Because they'd made up their minds that they were going to trade Jerome. Right? So... You know, one of the things I said at the time, you didn't have to trade him because it just said, no, you're going to finish out the year here. But they, they they made up their mind. So wherever Chuck is at, if he feels he has to trade him or he doesn't, you got to work in conjunction with the agent and the player and then go out. Don't be giving me this. Oh, this team phoned. What do you think? This team phoned. What do you think? Let's have, let's go. Let's be really, really disciplined and orderly in how we go about it. That's it is. That's what has to happen in my view. Yeah, it's a fun time, and you've been there. And the, the Ginley example, Claude Giroux, is Claude A the pick of the litter? And what happens next as we're T minus, you know, two, three, well, less than three weeks now until the 21st? Like, how hot are the burners on the button trade bait stove? Okay, so I think Claude Giroux would go in and approve any team in the National Hockey League. I, I, I just don't think there's any question. I'm going to take Jacob Chikrin out of this, okay, just because he's different, a young defense. scenario, yeah. Yeah, great con. I mean, you're going to be making a hockey trade is what you're doing. And Jacob is a, is a top pair defenseman that's 24 years old with a great contract. So, that I mean, that's where I, I would be. So, so I'm going to tell you who, who I think are my, my – if I was zeroing in on players, there's three guys that I would be zeroing in on. Three. Claude Giroux. Yep. Because of what he is. I mean, I just think you play him anywhere, he can do so much for your team. The second guy I would be zeroing in on, I'd be phoning Mr. Kevin Shovel Day off. And I would be saying, what do you want for Andrew Cobb? Andrew Cobb can play anywhere in your four group. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. And, you know, used to, he can play with skilled players. He can check, kill penalties, anything. Any, any way you want. 
he, that, that guy to me, that's the, that's the second guy I'd want. And the third guy I'd want, I'd carry on the discussion right with Kevin again. Well, Brendan Dillon's going to be an unrestricted free agent. What do you want for Brendan Dillon? You know, we, everything's recent. Ben Sherratt's a good, like, I, I get that why you want Ben Sherratt. I'd want Ben Sherratt too. But it's all about Ben Sherratt. Why wouldn't you be interested in Brendan Dillon? Well, you might undercut, make that move, and then let them fight over the first rounder and everything else and say, I'll take my 5-6 with Brendan Dillon. And that's still, you might want the foreign car, but we've got a good Ford or Chevrolet here with Brendan Dillon. I'm just guessing that's what you're thinking. I think Brendan Dillon is every bit as good as Ben Sherratt. But because Ben Sherratt went deep into the playoffs last year, and, and deservedly so, I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is not, this is not any type of a, I'm just saying like, I just told you who my top three guys would be as understood for agents. Andrew Cobb's number two. I'd be phoning Kevin Shoveldale. I know Kevin, you're in the playoff hunt. You're having a, the minute you think you might be trading him, you phone me. Do you think Mark andre Fleury has had a change of heart? Or was he never going? We talked about Kyle Davidson and the new jam in Chicago and read the story. 22 years old, he was a video intern. Yeah. yeah. That's Craig, maybe I should have gone from Ryerson to the Oshawa Generals. Maybe I would have would have worked out a little bit better for me. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there. I think that this is a whoa camel. What do you mean? It's worked out pretty darn good for you, Mr. Coolius. You, you've been nominated for major media awards. You're a star in North America. You know, that you've shown your, your, your ability, your talents to do so many different things. I, I think it's a stretch to say it maybe worked out better for you. It yeah. may have worked out different for you, but I'm not thinking it'd be better. Yeah, and Gary loves me, all that stuff. I, I know, but I can't get my name on the comp in this situation. Like, you've got your name on the comp. It's different, you know what I mean? Dallas Stars and yeah, all I that kind of thing. I get it, I get it. You know, I get it, you know. So, but anyway. Well, but good, so, good for Kyle. Here's yeah. what I said. Here's, here, yeah. I, I was talking to uh, a writer in Chicago. We, we talked uh, on Wednesday. Philip Thompson's his name, and he covers the Blackhawks for the Chicago Tribune. Anyway, he, uh, I, I suggested to him, I said, if I'm Kyle Davidson, they don't have a goaltender in the system that's ready to come in and play. They got some prospects. Nobody ready to play. I'd go right to Marc-Andre Fleury. Would you be interested in staying here for two years? I'd sign Marc-Andre Fleury right now for two years. If, if he was interested in staying in Chicago, yeah, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would go to him and sign him. Because Marc-Andre Fleury has game, number one. Marc-Andre Fleury has all the, all the credibility and all the pedigree he'd ever want, right? And he's an unbelievably positive person on and off the ice. And when my team's going through some different challenges and I know I got Marc-Andre Fleury in the net, that's something I want. It's a critical position. You're young, you're going to make some mistakes and you have somebody back there who, whose demeanor is so unbelievably fabulous. That's the first thing I'd be doing if I was Kyle Davidson. That's what I told Philip Thompson. I like that. Two years, 11 million, five and a half. No one's in the system. Kevin Lankinen's digressed, I think, a little bit, maybe because he was the guy. And but but he would help Flurry. Uh, Flurry would help him. And it's interesting. And he's gonna play till he's 40. We talked about Brodeur and and uh, Belfour and those guys. So he's going to play. So, and it's not as if the Colorado just needs Flurry to win. Kemper's turned it around. It's a sexy topic. So, as it relates to Chicago, Patty Kane, a year from now in podcast 
88? <gasps> Patrick Kane. Do we sit here and say Kane is available? Is Kane able to help a contender at 34, Mr. Button? And I got to admit, I got lucky with that. I just got lucky with that one. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're, you're quick on your feet. You know what? You know, Patty Kane's a magician on the ice with the puck. You're, you're a magician in your own right. <laughs> that was, that was brilliant. Uh, it, you know, Patty Kane, like, does he got game? I guess he's got game. He's still a top notch player, right? Like we know he is right. So, you know what? I loved what Pat Kane said, you know, you know, they, they introduced Kyle Davidson. He talked about, he goes, I love Chicago. I love the way they treated me. This is my, I like to finish with one team, right? Players want to win. Like Patrick Kane isn't thinking about, oh my God, like, uh, oh, they're in a four-year rebuild or anything, right? Like he's thinking about, hey, I'm part of something here. He's been part of something so magnificent and so special with those three Stanley Cups that, you know, he, he's looking at, hey, you'd like to repeat it. You know, players don't want to just go and leave. And just because you leave doesn't mean you're going to be airlifted into a top contending team. So wherever Patty Kane finds himself, and I would suggest that it would be in Chicago, number 88, I think that he'll be a good player. They have room to, 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 to build their team. Danny Wirtz, I loved what he said. I'm not putting a time frame on this. We want to do it right. So if, as long as you convey that to everybody involved, everybody, fans, sponsors, corporate stakeholders, everybody, we're not putting a time, but here's what we're going to do. Then let's have at it. Because I've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, yeah, we think we're close or, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And you know what? They're further away now when, when, when they were five years away five years ago. Yeah. And um, the King quote that I wrote down that I thought was very interesting was a privilege and honor to play your entire career with one organization like Chicago. But he also went on to say, quote, we'll see how all of this plays out. So he's left it open as well. He doesn't seem to me as someone who would stay if this is going to be four years down the road, which is okay. Naturally, Buffalo, if they were good, might have worked. So a year from now, like that's a lot of money. He's made $107 million and counting. Does it make sense that Taves got health issues to work out first and that Kane next year would be available to the highest bidder and be the sexiest jewel Mr. Button, that, that you think, you know what, that sometimes it's good to have a, a walk away that this, this is going to happen and we're preparing the Hawks fans for the inevitable. Well, but, but, but here's what I would say. Like, I think you're always preparing. Like, if I was Kyle Davidson, I would say, if I can make a trade that improves our team and puts us in a better position to be competitive and lead us down the path to competing for a Stanley Cup, I'm going to consider everything. How many times have you heard me say people start with no? Uh uh, I start with yes. I I don't start with yes either. I start with why wouldn't I? Can I used to tell the players that I'm not looking to trade you, but if a trade comes along that improves my team, you're darn well bloody right. I'll consider trading you. That's what you say. And Patrick Kane will find himself with an expiring contract or not. He'll find himself as being, uh, you know, heavily like people would be in pursuit of him because he's still a top player. I get it. But, you know, the bottom line is he, he can wait. I'm going to consider everything. Manager's job is to do everything he can for his team. That's what makes Bill Belichick the greatest in the business. The greatest.
whatever's best for the team, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> whatever best for the team. Time now for final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans. Not a person or group of people. It's a must-have product for every hockey basement. For more information, do some shopping, ladies and gentlemen. UltimateHockeyFans.com forward slash cool button pod. If you're interested in our discount ceiling fans, puck light fixtures, our buddy Paul Cohen has it all. Final thoughts on episode 44. Where do you want to go? What do you want to leave us with? I got two places I'm going. I'm only going two places. Okay. The first place I'm going is Minnesota at Philadelphia. Minnesota just got busted twice, twice by the Flames. We're going into Philadelphia playing a bad team. You know what? Let's see what you got, Minnesota. Because you wake up on Friday losing to the Philadelphia Flyers, everybody should be on, on alert. And Bill Guerin better be looking and go, what do I need to do? That's number one. Number two, Carolina Hurricanes. They go into Detroit. They lose to Detroit. And Washington aren't very good against Toronto. What do you got, Capitals? What do you got, Kings? I keep hearing how you're Stanley Cup contenders. I ain't buying. I ain't buying. <laughs> well, maybe Brian McClellan isn't either because he did say uh, we're not at that level. They're 8-12-2 in their last 22. He might be less aggressive at the trade deadline. He sees the tears that we must have listened to the podcast. Probably <laughs> talked to me. To- He's he knows that there's three tiers, so uh oh that's a lot of fun. I wanted to end by giving love words deserved to Miko Koskinen, like in his last seven, eight games, and he was great in Philly. So we have to give love where love is due, and and I think it's great. And back to all these great rookies, Tanner Janot and um the Leafs, Michael Bunting, they're a little bit older, so you know, I think there's a bias unless you run away with it. Mm. And, and and as good as Raymond is, and Zegers had game winners the other night. What I like to learn from people like you is the hockey people, the hockey people I talk to just love Mo Sider. Love him. Not only that he's up there in rookie scoring, those are all forwards. He's up there in defenseman scoring for the league. And he's a better 200-foot player than the other guys who've got issues to work out defensively. You know, Bunting's in a spot like he's at the Playboy Mansion at the Grotto. McDavid, Matthews and Marner, like he's, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Like he's in a good spot, but Mo Sider, like that Mo, Mo, Mo. I want to sound like Homer Simpson. So I, I just want to say to the voters out there, don't be fooled by some flash and dash. Think about it. It's not over yet. Um, this guy's a special guy. And you mentioned him when he first got drafted. We talked about it. That's the thing about knowing them from minor midgets to teenagers to NHLers, it's just fun. And I say to Steve Eisenman, there's a lot more coming as well. The Red Wings are moving, Mo moving in the right direction. Yeah, Motown. It's going to have a whole different meaning. Right. <laughs> hey. That's better than hey. my cane. That's better than my cane. <laughs> but I can only tell you this, too. I, I will say this. He's number one. He's number one on my ballot. I'm not changing it. Most Sider is my number one vote for the rookie of the year. Not changing for me. You know, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing negative going to happen. Simon Edmondson. You haven't heard of him, have you? He I was only him. their first round pick last year. Whoa. You talk about a pair. I told Chris Draper. I saw Chris Draper in Gatineau in November. He just got back. I said, Oh boy. I said, think about this for the next 15 years. Edmondson and Cider. Big smile came across Chris Draper's face. He didn't have to say anything. I know what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Draper, who was sold for a dollar, right? That's the official word. <laughs> he was. Do you know what happened in the 1997 Stanley Cup party at the Joe Louis Arena? No. Then the big stage set up. One of the great things they ever did. I'll get into this. We got to have a story time one time because I love that part. But so they 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 picked him up for a dollar. And Chris Draper got up, took a dollar out of his pocket and gave it back to Mr. Illich. He said, I want to repay you. <laughs> <laughs> The place went wild. <laughs> I love it. I had him on my shows in Ottawa 67 back at Scarborough Cable. Uh, he was great. And, uh, you know, a good Scarborough symmetry there about, uh, you know, being a little guy. He goes, I better get back or Brian Kilray is going to kill me or whatever. And he was great. He won World Junior Gold. And you know what? The Winnipeg Jets, they should have kept the dollar and kept Chris Draper. Two things. And I'm going to finish it up with this. Chris Draper scored his first NHL goal before he scored his first American Hockey League goal before he scored his first OHL goal. Did you know that? That's fact. Trivia. Nobody ever else has done that. Think about that. Like, you know, most people score their first OHL. He did that. And he just talked about Scarborough. Wayne Simmons is going to play his 1,000th game. You know what? Dean Lombardi paid great tribute to him and talked about what a leader and what a winner he is. So congratulations to Wayne Simmons coming home to play for his beloved Maple Leafs. And with that... Episode 44, the Chris Pronger edition, Hall of Fame edition of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. We'll see you for 45. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.